From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time! The starting three tech might get no respect, and the 49ers continue to make a flurry of interesting roster moves. I'm Anthony Robertson, and here with me is the Horst, Alex Horst. What's up, Horsty? What's going on, guys? Ready for another terrific podcast. And Alex Sasania, what's up, Alex? Man, not much, guys. Ready to do this. Let's get into the defense and the three tech, baby. With Buckner gone, there is a void at three tech. That's the defensive tackle. Horst, who's going to start at three technique on base downs? Right now, I would assume that we're going to get Javon Kinlaw at three tech on base downs. I think DJ Jones will stay in his spot at the one tech like he played last year. I think we'll get Bosa and Eric Armstead at the ends on base downs as starters. Obviously, other guys will rotate in. I think the only other option I really see is you might see Ronald Blair in that spot. But I think that at the moment, Jones and Kinlaw by far are probably their best two options for that spot, unless you were to slide Armstead inside. But I think that he's best to end on rundowns. I, I tend to agree with this. I think it's going to be Kinlaw. That's what my, my belief is. Uh, and I think part of the reason why we've been hearing a lot of the camp about how Kinlaw doesn't look like he has a lot of move sets. He's working on a bull rush. I think they're working on some, te- some technique stuff with him to maybe be a little bit better against the run, possibly. Um, trying to get him maybe not to over-pursue as much and be able to hold position and hold ground and, and get into his gap and control that space a little bit more. So I, I tend to believe Kinlaw. I think the the obvious one for me that might shift in might actually be a guy like Armstead. I think he might be the one. I know he played a little bit more on the edge and and typically in this wide nine system, a little bit more outside on that that non weak side, the non strong side. He could end up going in there. I, I think DJ Jones is not someone they're going to be moving around. He's been very successful where he's been playing. Blair, if he's healthy, maybe, but. Kinlaw seems to be the the solid fit. The whole reason they drafted him was to to take that spot from Buckner. I think he's most likely going to be the guy, barring something crazy happening. I think I think the intention was for Javon Kinlaw to be the starter, but I honestly think it's going to be Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas, I think, is going to start there, and I think Kinlaw, as he gets more comfortable during the season, can kind of ease in and take more snaps. But I think Solomon Thomas has been proving himself at practice. He put on major weight in the offseason. He got a lot stronger. And I think he's going to he's gonna cause some problems at that three-tech. And I don't think uh, anyone understands exactly how good DJ Jones is at that two-eye position. And I think it's going to be really um, interesting to see how those two react. Because they can both rush the passer. Early downs, those guys can still be in there, be run stoppers, and rush the passer. But I think it is going to be kind of interesting to see what they do when it gets to pass rush downs. So, Alex, who do you think will be in on an obvious pass rush situation? I feel like you got to have DJ Jones in there, Bosa Ford, obviously. Um, it's it's that next position that where I'm not 100% sure who, who would have. I think they can have kind of a rotating group there with that, that other person. I, I tend to lead Armstead. I feel like he had a better year in, in years past. 
Um, it really depends for me if a guy like Blair is healthy. I could see Blair being in there on downs like that as well. Uh, I, I think the Solomon Thomas. I don't think he's going to start at that position, but I think a guy like Solomon Thomas could end up being that fourth guy on pass rushing downs that they have there on that defensive line set. As far as starting goes, I think Armstead moves inside, D Ford comes in. I think that's how they'll they'll start. Uh, I think during the game we're going to see a lot of movement from those guys. I think you'll see a lot of different players. Solomon Thomas definitely rushing the passer. I think you'll see also Kerry Hyder playing inside some. Um, because they do so many different things, they will also put uh, either Bosa or D Ford on the inside and rush them, even putting them on the same side, making it difficult. A lot of times they would shift and put three players to one side in obvious passing downs and make it so you had a one-on-one center guard and tackle. And this year that could be real fun if, you, if you're having Armstead, Bosa, and D Ford to one side. Uh, I think Kerry Hyder and um, Ronald Blair will give them flexibility because they can play the defensive end spot as well. But I, I do think that DJ uh, Jones is going to play more pass downs than he's played in the past, and I think he'll have good success. I think it's the thing that's interesting about this is I don't know if you can like put this down, like nail down a solidified four guys that are going to be your pass rush guys. I think it's I think it's really it might end up being like a hot hand situation like they've done with running back. Whoever has the high hand, who are the guys that are playing well in this game or situationally they've been playing well in these types of situations, those are going to be the guys that get the nod, I feel like. And it's, it's it could be five or six different different guys rotating through. So I think there's three guys that are obviously going to be in most of the time on pass rush downs. That's Bosa and Ford on the edge with Armstead inside. I don't see why they wouldn't play Armstead inside. He had 10 sacks last year. I think that four spot can be a number of guys just like the on the rundowns. It's probably a different group of guys you're picking from, but it's can be a number of different guys from Ron if he's healthy, Ronald Blair, Solomon Thomas, Hyder. And it also depends on what they're doing defensively at the time because like you said, they like to put Bosa and or Ford on the inside and run stunts with the guy coming from the outside. So they do a lot of different stuff, but I think the main three you will see on obvious passing downs are Bosa, Ford, and Eric Armstead. Now, the 49ers, they've been bitten by the injury bug. It hasn't been a, a pleasant first few weeks here of a training camp, and no position has been hit harder than the wide receiver position, as we've been talking about on past, past podcasts here. So with the 49ers needing even more help at receiver, they went out and signed Kevin White and River Craycraft. Ant. How are you feeling about both of these signings? I, I like the Kevin White signing only for the mere fact is that I just I'm curious to see if he's got anything left. Uh, I don't anticipate him making the 53 man roster. Maybe he's a guy that can store on the practice squad. He might be somebody that could mirror a uh, DK Metcalf. He's the same size, speed, so he might be somebody that could give the defense work if he's on the practice squad during practice. And then they could always have him just in case there's an injury to a key player that he needs to to play. So that that kind of made sense. As far as Craycraft, I just think that J.J. Nelson's injury made it so they needed to bring him on. Uh, he hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, it's curious to see if he actually does anything. I know the other day at practice, they targeted him one time, and it was not complete. And I just don't know what we can expect from these guys that are coming on late in camp. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that's really what, what it comes down to is probably like Storm on the practice squad, somebody that could emulate a DK Metcalf and just see what happens. 
So I think Kevin White's interesting because he was the number seven pick in the 2015 draft. Anytime a guy's picked in the top ten, he definitely has some physical talent. Unfortunately for him, due, due to injuries, he's never come close to realizing it. I think he's got like 20 total catches in his career. It's right around 20. He's a guy that maybe he's healed up and he's still got the talent. He's a, he's at least intriguing to me. Right. Um, I do agree with you that his best shot is making the practice squad. Now, River Craycraft in six years has one catch. Not a whole lot of production <laughs> coming from River Craycraft in the NFL. He's probably just a camp body. I don't think we'll see too much of him in the, after a couple more weeks. But, you know what? Good for him. Especially his workout videos, man. River Craycraft's workout videos online. They're impressive. I saw those. They're, like they are impressive. They and they nice. scream XFL. Yeah, but th that's what it is. I mean, it's funny. Like, the signings, the people that they're bringing in now, there's not much production value in the league. But there is one common trait with all of them. There's, there's two types of guys they're bringing in. Guys on the lower end of the six-foot pole who are fast and guys who are 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and taller at the receiver position. They're obviously going after a specific type of player to fill a specific need and see if it can work in the system. If it works in the system, great. Then you have the piece you need to, to plug and play until the guys that you need to be healthy are healthy. And if they're not, then they're, they're just that. It's just a, they're a guy that you're bringing in that fits a mold that you're looking for that's either going to work or is not going to work. So Kevin White, 6'3 guy, fast, extremely talented, very athletic, similar mold to what we're looking at with the Jalen Hurd. Similar kind of measurables anyway, physical measurables. Uh, Craycraft, 6'4'5 guy, looking something similar to what like a Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel type slot guy that's fast. Is there any chance that either of these guys are a solution or an answer? Probably not, but they fit a, they fit a role, they fit a niche that Kyle needs in the system, and they're getting an opportunity. I don't think anything more than the practice squad for either of them. I gotta tip my hat for Craycraft though, man. Those those workout videos online, you're looking good, man. Keep it up. I don't. I couldn't look like Craycraft does on my best day right now. So I mean, tip my hat to him. I hope I hope he is able to find some place that works for him. And same thing with Kevin White. I hope he can stay healthy and get a shot. But I don't think it's with this team this year. You know, some of these guys are pretty talented. You just hope that they get an opportunity and maybe this is it. The 49ers had five tight ends in training camp to start, and Ross Dwelly got hurt. And the 49ers have decided in the last week or so to bring in two tight ends. First, they brought in Eric Swope, and then they brought in Marquise Gray and cut Eric Swope. So Eric Swope had a nice short run with the 49ers. Horace, what do you think about uh, the signing of Marquise Gray? I was pretty entertained by that signing because... He was originally signed undrafted by the Niners, I think, in 2014, but I'm not sure of the year. It was definitely when Harbaugh was still the coach, so we're talking a while back. He was a converted quarterback that was trying to make the team at tight end, like the Delaney Walker type role at the time. Um, I remember he was Anthony over here's guy That's when true. he was with the Niners. He's a very athletic guy. He did end up sticking around the league for the next few years. He made 27 catches in four years. Now, he missed 2018 and 19 with an Achilles issue. And I don't know if he has any chance to make the team, but it was pretty interesting to see one of those, it's a blast from the past type of thing. Didn't realize the guy was even still around. But you know what? Good for him. Maybe he puts in work, maybe he makes the team. Who knows? 6'4". 263. It's a big guy, big body. 
Um, I don't believe they're bringing him in for his receiving prowess. If anything, it would be potentially to bolster in the run game and push some of these young guys. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it being... It's not something that moves the needle. We say that all the time now. I, I've noticed that we talk about all the time moving the needle. This doesn't really do anything for me. It's nice that he's a former guy that was here during the Harbaugh era. For me, this is kind of one of those things where he, I think he has a total of how many receptions is it? 27, 320 yards, no touchdowns. I, I don't see him making the roster. I think this is just a camp body coming in. Hope hope that he can show out and if he's healthy and, and can do some stuff for us, that'd be great. But I, I don't see him being anything else other than a guy that we've eventually put on the practice squad potentially. And what you're seeing is the 49ers bringing in guys that could fit the practice squad mold. You need to have veterans that you can have on there. you got to have a mixture of veterans to young players. You can't be in the middle of the season and bring up a young player who has zero experience. You'll have to go out and sign someone off the street that doesn't know the offense, doesn't know what to do. So now they're going out and making key uh, signings that could fit the practice squad so they'll be more prepared during the season. So these are the veterans that they're looking at. They took a look at Swope. He wasn't exactly what they wanted or didn't fit in exactly how they wanted. So they went ahead and went out for Marquise Gray. It doesn't mean this will be the final move that they make, but they're definitely looking for that. Um, with Dwelly being out, they'll probably keep, you know, they're still going to keep him on the active roster. I think he's going to be back. But they'll probably keep four tight ends. And then they're going to have a young guy on the, the practice squad, and they need to have a, a veteran. So I think Marquise Gray might be that veteran. He'll probably be willing. He's coming off two years of injury. So... He's a, a perfect fit, I think, for what they want. 6'4", you know, 260-plus pound guy. I mean, very athletic. Uh, yeah, I was a huge fan of him when he came out. I thought I seen a lot of potential in him. And, you know, maybe there's something there. He can help on the practice squad. Maybe if there's some sort of an injury, he gets a, a look later in the year. But, yeah, I like it. Start building the practice squad, preparing for every angle when the season comes along. Speaking of keeping four tight ends, George Kittle had some interesting comments about Charlie Werner. Alex, what did you think about what Kittle had to say? I think the thing that Kittle likes the most is the fact that this guy wanted to get to the the blocking. Essentially, was what he was telling Kittle is you know this passing stuff's kind of boring. When we get to the fun stuff, which is the the blocking part, which is kind of what Kittle's niche. Like the thing we talk about, Kittle separates him from other tight ends. It's his love for blocking in the run game, and Kittle even went on to to talk about how the first thing his straight coach made him aware of was the importance of learning how to run block before anything else. It's something you got to take pride in. And it's, you know, a most, most of the game is your ability to block. And if the only thing you can do is go out and catch, then you're only really useful to your team in one aspect of the offense. And as a tight end, you're not just a, a route runner and a pass catcher. You're also someone that needs to be relying on the pass block and run block. And so I think for, for Kittle, when Warner said that for him, it's kind of like a, a nod to him going like, I've seen the things that you do and I want to I want to do things the way you do things too. I want to focus on the things that are important to this offense. And while Kittle's ability to catch the ball, run routes, score touchdowns, all that, make big plays is important. There is nothing more important in, in this offense than his ability to set the tone, set the edge, and help us establish the run game. And Warner realizes, hey, if, I'm, can be, if I can do that, if I can be as good as George is at that, Maybe I'm not the best pass catcher, route runner right now. I can grow into that. I believe in my ability to do that. But I can have a role in this team right now if I can be a dominant or an efficient blocker at the tight end position for Kyle Shanahan and this group. 
And so I think for Kittle, he's excited about that. He's excited that they got a guy whose mentality is centered and focused on that. And I look forward to what Kittle is going to be able to work with him on and help him with in the offense going forward, not just this season, but hopefully in the future as well. Kittle sees himself in Charlie Warner, the same sort of thing, a player that wasn't really valued as much in the past game, but had a lot of value in the run game. And so he, he's looking at it and he's saying, hey, this is a guy that could possibly develop into something you know great down the road. And he talked about some of the characteristics he has. He's a great blocker. He has the attitude. He has heavy hands, you know, big hands that can make a lot of really good blocking um, plays. And, you know, I heard um, some of the scouts and stuff talking about him and talking about what they were really uh, most impressed with was the attitude when he blocked. It was, there was a different set of attitude. If you were looking at him just as a pass catcher, you wouldn't have drafted him. But the blocking is on a whole different level. That's the real reason they got him. He's going to fill that role that they had. Um, and I think now that they got him, I, I'm curious to see if he can develop into something as a, a possible tight end. Maybe he'll, I don't think he'll ever reach the George Kittle level, but I think maybe he can become a decent to good pass catcher in the NFL. But at least right now, he is a really good blocker. You pretty much said what I was going to say. Warner's, Warner's brought in to block. That's what he was known for at Georgia. He's a low round pick. I think just Kittle knows what it takes to make it from that position to where he is now. Warner must be a good guy, good dude in the locker room. So Kittle's kind of going out of his way to help him a little bit. And he enjoyed him talking about blocking before talking about make, catching a touchdown or you know making a big play. He, he brought up blocking first, which is near and dear to Kittle's heart. I think we all remember that play even though we lost the game against Atlanta where he pancaked the guy and rolled over and he was laughing hysterically right. in the end zone. Um, we all know that's what Kittle's about. So if Warner could come in and do those kind of things, he that's a good way to make the roster. And speaking of rosters and or not making the roster, Jonathan Cyprian said he isn't interested in joining the practice squad. So, Anthony, when did the 49ers start to approach these players about joining the practice squad if they're going to be cut? The end of this week is when they'll start approaching players to talk to them about, you know, their spot on the team, whether it's going to be a part of the 53-man roster or possibly the practice squad. I've always thought that it was going to be hard to get players to join the practice squad that are veterans, especially somebody like Cyprian who has the ability to still play in this league. I think you're looking for more guys that are coming off injuries or looking to reestablish their careers, not guys who can still do it. So... I think they're, they're going to start approaching these guys, and the roster decisions are going to get very complex and very interesting, and I'm, I'm all for it. I can't wait to see what the actual decisions are and who ends up on the practice squad and what other teams cut too, because I, I am curious to see the movement from team to team and just how people build it, because I think it's going to be built different than ever before. Um, I was thinking... A week or so before cut down day was when they would start approaching guys with this. I can respect what Cyprian has to say in that situation. At least he's upfront and honest that if you're not keeping me on the active roster, then I don't really want to be here. And I think that's totally fair if you're going to let the let the team know that. Um, like you said, it's going to be hard to keep guys that think they can play still on the practice squad. It's a better situation for a guy like a Marquise Gray coming off two straight years of injuries or a Kevin White who hasn't really been able to stick anywhere and stay healthy. 
those kind of guys, I don't think it would be that hard to get on the practice squad. But a guy like Cyprian that I guarantee you not only thinks he should be on the team, but playing, you're not going to get him to sit around on the practice squad. So, yeah, I think about they'll probably start bringing that up with guys that they want to ask probably a week before cut down day. I would say sometime this week, more towards the end of the week. Um, you may even start. You may see a few during the weekend. During this weekend, uh, the big thing is is vets like Cyprian. He's played, started a bunch of games. We talked about this the last um, this la- the last week on the podcast. Um, he, someone like him is not looking to stick around and stay relevant in football. He's looking for a place that he can contribute and be a part of the picture, the big picture, and the team's success. So guys like him, I would expect if there is going to be a decision, it would be sometime this week on a guy like him. Give him an opportunity to go find another team that he could contribute on. But uh, everyone else, yeah, next week or so you're going to start seeing cuts being made because you want to you want to free up space too in case someone gets cut that you're not expecting and can try and bring in last minute to see if they have a chance to make the roster or, or whatnot. But yeah, uh, next coming week, this this upcoming week, this weekend, most likely. Yeah, I think I think all the decisions are going to get. Fun to see. What's well, and it's it's interesting too because of the the people we're bringing in now. You're starting to see it. You had mentioned it earlier, and we're starting to see it now. Where you're going to start making moves to bring in guys to see, maybe not necessarily to make the roster, but do we want to put you on a practice squad and have you around our young guys, or even be the guy the next the next guys up in case we we have a devastating amount of injuries. And the 49ers so far, especially at the receiver position, but a couple of spots have had some guys go down where it's like. My goodness, how many more can? <laughs> how many more guys are are we gonna gonna be sitting here wondering if they're even gonna be healthy come week one? Now let's go to another segment of Wow, that's bold, where we give you our bold predictions for the upcoming season. We'll start it out with you, Alex. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. Okay, so my Wow, that that's bold prediction, and this is this is bold, guys. I'm not gonna lie to you. Jordan Reed and George Kittle both go for over 1,000 receiving yards on the season. Wow, that's bold. That's bold, bold. We won't have, I don't think we're going to have a single receiver, an actual wide receiver, have over 1,000 yards, and that's only because I don't think Debo plays right away, and I think the first few games coming into the season, he's going to be limited in terms of snaps and snap counts and how many plays he's actually on the field in which they're targeting him. And because of that, Jordan Reed... George Kittle, first five, six weeks of the season, are going to get a most, most of the targets and end up with most of the receiving yards in a big chunk of time. Both go for over 1,000 yards next season or this upcoming season. Wow. I'm going to go with an interior defensive lineman for my while that's bold. I'm going to go on a limb and say that Solomon Thomas is going to match the sack production of DeForest Buckner and have seven and a half sacks this season. That's bold. Yep, I just I see it. I see Solly's in a contract year. I think he's really stepped up his game. I think he, this is this is the year. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> My wow, that's bold. Is that the forty? This has been talked about a little bit, but the 49ers will have two All Pro offensive linemen this year, but the second one will not be McGlinchey. There will be. Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson. That left side. I think Lakin Tomlinson's finally going to get what he deserves. He probably should have been a Pro Bowler last year. And I know Trent Williams came out and said 
that he thinks that Tomlinson is an all-pro type player, but you can ask this guy here. I've been saying that about Lincoln Tomlinson for like a year now. Wow, that's bold. That's bold. That's bold, bold. I like it. All right, guys. Great episode. Chalk another one up. Make sure to tune into the next 49ers Cutback Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, Google Pods, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to click the follow button so you won't miss an episode. You can always follow us on Twitter at 49ers Cutback. We'll be back soon with another great episode. Stay safe and remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.